Welcome. Where is your head at? We're back. Good morning to you. Hope that you had a great day yesterday and a lovely, lovely evening. Uh, still battling with the uh, flu. I don't know if it's COVID or not. I don't know. Who know? Who knows? Maybe. Still battling with it. Still got a little bit of congestion. Oh, folks, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, it just going around, going around, going around. The news never, ever does stop, does it? A little bit later in the program, about the bottom of the hour, friend of the program, Paul, is going to call in and tell us some more about what's going on in Ukraine. It's crazy. It's crazy. Ukraine, yeah, it's happening. So we'll talk about that. Just be patient. Uh, WTI crude oil is at $89.46. It is down, down $2.18. Woo, boy, howdy. This, of course, is on news that crude oil futures are down. Not a lot, not a lot of optimism at this moment. Russia officially halts natural gas flows via Nord Stream 1. Gazprom has officially halted gas supplies to Europe via the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, cutting off flows completely to Germany for a period of maintenance that began at 1 it began at 1 Greenwich Mean Time Wednesday and is scheduled to end at 1 Greenwich Mean Time on Saturday. Fears are mounting across Europe that the Russia will delay flows beyond September 3rd. Kremlin continues to use natural gas as a weapon against Western sanctions. This is bad for the economy. This is bad for the European economy. This uh, this actually drives inflation. If you look, there's some more articles uh, people are absolutely outraged in Europe over how much their bills are showing up. Their bills, their 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 uh, utility bills for the last month are showing up, and people are shocked to say the least. Um, let me see here. Where was it at? There's like thousand percent, thousand percent increase. Yeah, it's bad. It is bad. These these poor folks in Europe. Europe. Now. You know, this leads us into uh, a conversation, not just about the uh, European energy, but also about uh, energy worldwide. Uh, the, so, so, so a lot of folks don't understand that by with Russia constraining the uh, supply of natural gas that drives up the price. And then that drives up the price of everything else. It drives up the price of production. It drives the price up for employees. Employees will want to make more money. Now it drives the prices up and up and up. And it is not a good thing. And that of course, uh, do I want to say, I want to say, I want to say bleeds, Globally, but I'm going to choose the word spreads globally. It bleeds our pocketbooks is what it does. Um, and so we got that. Biden is preparing for $1.1 billion sales uh, to Taiwan. And, of course, those are weapons. 
month after China's unprecedented live fire exercise in direct response to Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taipei, the Biden administration is set to ramp up its arms sales to Taiwan with numbers that suggest Ukrainian levels of aid. The Biden administration plans to formally ask Congress to approve an estimated $1.1 billion arms sale to Taiwan that includes 60 anti-ship missiles and 100 air-to-air missiles. This comes after yesterday, where Taiwan, for the first time, opened fire on Chinese uh, drones. Now you can just say it's drones. But the first now, okay, so that would be um, August, August 30th. Where's my where's my drill? Where's my drill at? Let's go August 30th, uh, 2022. That may go down. That may go down as the first shots fired in the war. I will continue to watch. I don't know. Maybe it's just saber rattling. Could just be saber rattling. But Joe Biden selling $1.1 billion 60 anti-ship missiles and 100 air-to-air missiles. That's not going to make China happy. That's not going to that's not going to that's not going to please China. I mean that is that is tantamount to a proxy war with with between the United States and China. Same thing that's going on with Ukraine and we'll talk about that too. And I know a lot of people are saying uh, you, Taiwan is not Ukraine. Ukraine's not Taiwan. We'll take a look at it. You know, what would be interesting is to find out how many politicians, Nancy Pelosi, the Hunter Biden, or I should say Joe Biden, Mitt Romney. It'd be interesting to see uh, if it'd be interesting to see what investments they have in Taiwan. If the same kind of wonky things were going on. We already know. Look, 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 look. Ukraine. If you take a look at Ukraine, huge push by the West for what? LGBTQ. What is happening in Taiwan? Huge push for LGBTQ. Some of these cultures, they don't like that. They like that. They don't want that. Russia does not want that. It is not a part of their culture. They do not want it to be a part of their culture. You have uh, 11, what is 11 or 14 bio labs in Ukraine, sponsored by, managed by the Pentagon. And you have uh, bio labs in Taiwan. There are, there are a lot of parallels between Ukraine and Taiwan. We're going to continue to watch this, folks. We don't know what's going to happen. I got a feeling. I got an inclination. Let me take a look. Where's my, where's my, where's my, where's my fish sticks? Let's take a look here. I need a good one. I need a good fish stick. Let's go with or Naranya. Let's go with Naranya. Okay, so if we're looking for stuff to... Okay, first off, we've got the November election. Just put that on your calendar right now. 
Number two, you've got you, – you listen, you think there's going to be an election? You think there's going to be an election with no October surprise? you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. If you think there's going to be an, um, an October midterm election without some kind of October surprise, you're crazier than I am. No, I'm just kidding. That's not possible. Uh, uh, we would be looking, look for an, look, I'm just going to put this on my calendar here. You don't have to put it on your calendar. What am I going to do? I'm going to look for an October surprise between October, I'd say October 17th through the 25th. That's my, that's my prognostication look for an october surprise wti crude oil now popping up to ninety dollars and 39 cents it is up one er, excuse me it's still down one dollar and 25 cents but let me take a look i'm going to take a look at a couple of different things here but put that on your calendar october 17th through the 25th i'm going to say that that's going to be prime time that's going to be prime time for China to move on Taiwan. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that's prime time. Let's take a look at some other calendars here. Let me. Let's just. Let's just, let's just come on. Let's just do this together now. Let's see what we got going on in some other calendars. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I think. Okay. Let me take a look here. Let's take a look at the. At, let's take a look at an October calendar. Uh, for the fifteenth, okay, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm last. Last time I said something like this on the on the air, somebody wrote an article about me. So I'm just gonna hold off on that. But there is. Go take a look at your. Go take a look at the October fifth. Calendar. Of course, we know All Saints Day. Of course, we know that. Um, but I would, I would. That's just too interesting. Fifteenth. <laughs> put the fifth. Put October fifteenth on your calendar as well. I'm not saying anything's gonna happen. I'm just saying that these are. This is prime time to happen. Uh, you know, Donald Trump. I know you guys are receiving the Patriot Alerts. If you were receiving the Patriot Alerts, you saw. I'll talk about this for 60 seconds, and then we'll take our break. Uh, under what? This is what Donald Trump was posting on Truth, Truth Social day before yesterday. Under what article can the president impose military takeover of investigations for the three-letter agencies? This is from This is from DJT. This is from 45. This is from Trump. Trump 45. Under what article can the president impose military takeover of investigations for the four, for the three letter agencies? The answer is Homeland Security. The question is, why is Donald Trump posting these questions? I got another question, too. If you go over to the Discord, hey, you guys over on Discord, Diaturn, Gospel Bear, Stephen Tilly, good morning, FRD, Opie, uh, WCC guidance, all you guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you take a look, if you take a look over at the Discord, uh, you will see that I posted, there's a video. 
It's been circulating for a long time, folks. It is January 6th. You know, January 6th, the inauguration. Donald Trump was having kind of a little rally. And I believe it was uh, I believe it was Eric's birthday, if I'm not mistaken. And if you go take a look at this video that I've posted, where is it at? I'll tell you exactly where it's at. It is at 6.52 a.m. over on our back channels, the Discord or the Gilded. If you go over there and look, as a matter of fact, I'll, matter of fact, I'll play it and describe it to you. They're having, they're having a birthday celebration. They're at the January 6th. There's Dan Scavino. Uh, there's Ivanka Trump. And Donald Trump is holding a red folder. And then the video abruptly stops. He's holding up this red folder and he's turning it towards the camera so that the person operating the camera can see it. I got a sneaky suspicion that that's what the FBI was looking for at Mara Largo. Go over there. Go over there to the Discord. Take a look at that. We'll come back right after this quick break. It's AM 1090 KTGO. It's the Morning Lowdown with me, Dennis Lindahl. We'll be back right after this quick message. Run the business, and I can make you want to buy a product. Movers, shakers, and producers. Me and my friends understand the future. I see the strings that control the system. I can do anything with no resistance, because I can lead a nation with a microphone. With a microphone. With a microphone. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, Farm Radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Oftentimes, farmers and operators buy into new equipment for the technology. At Intelligent Ag, our products upgrade the technology of your current equipment. For example, our upgrades to air seeders and fertilizer floaters help farmers and operators improve performance, reduce waste, protect yields, and extend the life of existing equipment. So the next time you think you need to upgrade your equipment, consider Intelligent Ag upgrades. Visit IntelligentAg.com to learn more. Stop by and see us at Big Iron and check out our brand new Recon Spray Sense Spray Quality Monitoring System. The Powerball First Millionaire of the Year is back. You could win a VIP trip to Times Square and $1 million live on TV. Enter the North Dakota Powerball First Millionaire of the Year points for drawing promotion today. And you could win a trip for two to New York City. Don't miss your chance to become the next Powerball First Millionaire of the Year. Enter today by using your Players Club points at lottery.md.gov or on the app. The North Dakota Lottery. Imagine the possibilities. 
Don't miss the next Steffes Group bi-monthly online equipment auction closing Wednesday, September 7th at 10 a.m. at all Steffes Upper Midwest locations. Featuring several four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive, and MFWD tractors, combines, headers, conventional trucks with and without sleepers, construction equipment, and lots more. Go to SteffesGroup.com right now for photos and complete equipment descriptions for another Steffes Group bi-monthly online equipment auction. That's SteffesGroup.com. S-T-E-F-F-E-S Group.com. Got an oil field truck? Needed clean? ND Truck Wash. Got a hopper? Needed washed out? ND Truck Wash. Got an aluminum tank? You want it like new, clean? ND Truck Wash. They're open 7 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Call 701-628-1550. Get a reservation? You'll wait less than 10 minutes to get in and get her done. 701-628-1550. Right behind Pinnacle, Bach and Central, Highway 2, Stanley, North Dakota. ND Truck Wash. Tell them Scott sent you. Here's today's good news. Remember that little song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know? Jesus really does love children. He said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 19, 14. Let's teach our kids that Jesus is their biggest fan. He loves them. I'm Mary Johnson, and that's today's good news, brought to you by Dennis Lindahl, host of The Morning Lowdown on KTGO. Are you suffering from a serious dental issue? Your mouth hurts or you think your teeth should be whiter but you don't have insurance? Well, no problem. Right now, Smile Solutions Fargo offers an exclusive membership program just for you that will take away your pain and make your teeth feel and look great. For less than a dollar a day, you will receive a comprehensive dental exam and two teeth cleanings per year. And if you're suffering from a more serious dental issue, your Smile Solutions membership will give you 15% off all treatments offered at Smile Solutions including cosmetic procedures, even teeth whitening. Call now at 701-515-9850. No dental insurance? No problem. Call right now to find out how Smile Solutions Fargo can make your teeth look and feel great for less than a dollar a day with their membership program. Call now at 701-515-9850. Again, 701-515-9850. Call now. You're listening to The Morning Lowdown with Dennis Lindahl on AM 1090 and FM 92.7. The Morning Lowdown continues now. Oh, Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. Is the United States of America about to go full Louis XVI? Louis XVI. On September 3rd, 1783, nearly a year of excruciating back-and-forth negotiations, all sides had finally gathered together in Paris to sign a historic peace agreement. The treaty was signed in Paris because France had been a majority supporter of the U.S. war effort. And just as soon as the ink was dry, French French King Louis XVI ordered his finance minister to prepare an accounting of exactly how much money France had spent on U.S. independence. The The result was nothing short of astonishing. More than one billion livres. To put that number in context, the French Treasury's entire annual revenue only amounted to around 200 million livres. So they had basically sunk five years worth of their tax revenue fighting someone else's war. Granted, Britain was still one of France's main rivals and French did not care for British King George III, but the American war was simply too costly 
and France had already been on very shaky financial footing well before this point. Louis the Sixteenth had nearly bankrupted the country a century before his successor. Excuse me, Louis the Fourteenth had nearly bankrupted the country a century before his successor, Louis the Fifteenth, had to drastically slash expenses and could barely hang on financially. Then in 1774, just prior to the American Revolution, Louis the Sixteenth became king at a time that France was rapidly deteriorating. You'd think that with so much economic turmoil at home that he would have focused on his own national interest and in lieu of money, weapons, and ships, he would have instead sent the royal thoughts and prayers to America. But no. Lucky for the United States, Louis XVI courageously fought the American Revolution down to the very last French taxpayer. Only after the war did Louis finally take stock of the situation and realize the truth. America was in much better position. Britain was bruised but still powerful, yet his own France was nearly bankrupt and desperately in need of cash. Not exactly a win-win. Louis XVI was king, but his powers were limited. He was beholden to the legislature called the Estates General, and he couldn't simply decree new taxes without their consent. The king, however, did control the tax collectors. And Louis made sure that he had every authority to coerce, harass, and intimidate money out of French citizens. French tax collectors had the authority to walk right into people's homes unannounced, conduct surprise inspections to look for hidden wealth, and walk away with whatever money or property they felt would satisfy the peasant's tax bill. This was actually a pretty common theme throughout history. Governments that are on the ropes routinely resort to plundering the savings of their citizens. Several ancient Roman emperors, in fact, uh, famously sent ruthless tax collectors to harass their citizens and steal their wealth. Several ancient Chinese dynasties did the same thing. So did the declining Ottoman Empire. Significantly ramp, ramping up tax collection efforts is typically a hallmark of an economy and empire in decline. So we should not be surprised that the latest, latest legislative bonanza of the U.S. government is setting aside $80 billion for IRS tax collection. They are calling the bill, of course, the Inflation Reduction Act, and it's pure comedy. The legislation will do no, no such thing. Why would the why would inflation, which is part of the cause by excessive government spending, magically dissipate because more government spending? It's ludicrous. This ties into the 87,000 new IRS agents. The question is, is the country in decline? Is the United States of America? Are we are we on the skids? You know, the solution, the solution nearly every time the American economy goes sideways is to fight a war. Now, with China, the United States' nearest rival, with the United with China uh, in the same situation, the solution for both countries to improve their economy would to be fire up the military industrial complex and fight 
a war. Take a look. Just go through history. Look at it. I think that there are, I think there's dire consequences uh, for all this. But let's do this. Let's take a break. Of course, it's AM 1090 KTGO. It's the fastest show on the radio. We'll be back with Paul. He'll talk to us about Ukraine right after this quick message. And I said, hey. Here's your KTGO three-day forecast from weatherology.com. Mainly clear today with daytime highs approaching 91. Southwest winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Clear skies and quiet tonight. Lulls of Olaf around 60. Mainly clear skies and quiet tomorrow. High temperatures reach up to 93. Bright sunshine expected Friday with daytime highs approaching 75. 83 Saturday. From the Flag Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Laura Lockwood. Right now, 55. Crank it up for 90 seconds with a preacher in the patch. Oil patch, that is. Well, maybe people with lots of trees won't care, but we in the oil patch that live on the high plains of Dakota, we care. We have drove past this one lone tree for years. Big old tree. But over time, it has lost its leaves, then died and lost its bark. Now the tree has dried out and is sun-bleached. Recently, they tried to push that tree over. We watched them bang on it with a backhoe. The next day, I thought it would be gone. But no, there it stood, tall and strong. I was so happy they couldn't bring that tree down. The Bible describes the cross that Jesus died on as a tree. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Jesus Christ will take the curse of sin for you. Then the Bible says, You will be like a tree planted by the river that brings forth fruit, whose leaves won't wither, and whatsoever you do will prosper. This is Ron Evett. To the Cross Ministries, write me. Box 2020. Williston, North Dakota. Join us Labor Day weekend as the hills of Rolog come alive at the Western Minnesota Steam Threshers Reunion in Rolog, Minnesota. This year features Rumley Oil Pull Tractors, Steam and Machinery, and Kerosene Annie. There's two daily parades featuring hundreds of tractors, steam engines, and antique vehicles. Enjoy tractor pulls, exhibits, pioneer ladies' activities, kids' activities, train rides, freshermen's meals, and more. Labor Day weekend, September 2nd through 5th in Rolog, Minnesota. For details, visit Rolog.com. Attention North Dakota veterans. Did you know there is free transportation provided to veterans for medical appointments? This service is at no cost to you and available in several highly rural counties throughout the state. Contact your county veteran service officer for further information. North Dakota Veterans Affairs, proudly serving veterans from around the state with additional resources. This message is sponsored by the Department of Veteran Affairs and aired in cooperation by the North Dakota Broadcasters Association and this station. Candace Owens is coming to North Dakota. Mark your calendar September 15th. Candace Owens is the keynote speaker at the Bismarck Event Center. Candace is one of the most recognized and influential young conservatives in America today. She has a powerful message for North Dakota. You will not want to miss this. For event details, go to freedommattersusa.com. 
freedommattersusa.com. Tickets start at $20. Preferred seating for $50. Reserve your seats today. September 15th, Candace Owens. freedommattersusa.com. You're listening to The Morning Lowdown with Dennis Lindahl on AM 1090 and FM 92.7. The Morning Lowdown continues now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So joining us is our uh, Russia expert, uh, Paul. Good morning, Paul. Thanks so much for joining us. Russia expert. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Lindahl. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Good, good, good. So, um, what's what is happening with Ukraine? What's going on there? I'm hearing, oh, uh, the Ukrainians are staging a big pushback, and they're they're pushing the Russians back. The last I read. <laughs> yeah, well, they've been talking about that. It's called, it's called the Kherson. That's a big city down in the south there. They've been talking about that for months, endlessly, 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 and. It turns out the, the actual offensive was uh, taken part by Russia. They were pushing into what's called Nikolaev, which is a uh, city created by Catherine the Great back in the day, uh, named after St. Nicholas, a big, big, huge shipping port, uh, big shipping manufacturing well, back in the day, not so much anymore. Uh, and the Russians were pushing in there, and so uh, the Ukrainians have been, and the Brits have been endlessly, endlessly talking about this Kherson offensive and counteroffensive and uh, i think Zelensky and his general Zeluzhny had a uh, had a blowout the other day and uh, cuz you know, Boris Johnson flew in there right i mean just to give you a context Erdogan met with Putin Erdogan then meets with Zelensky tells Zelensky you know you got to make the deal and then who flies in Boris Johnson Boris Johnson throws sand in the whole thing says no you got to attack you got to attack or the western support's going to dry up and so uh, the Russians are making all this this headway towards Nikolaev, which is a huge city, and it's that's on the road towards the Russians going all the way over to Odessa. And so uh, this little counteroffensive started up, and uh, you know it's been I think it's been decimated by the Russians. I mean, heck, I think last count I saw they they blew up like 48 tanks, uh, like 1,500 to 2,000 soldiers have died. Uh, of the of the Ukrainians, and it's just so it looks like it's kind of fizzled out. But it was brought up because I think uh, because the Russians were making progress towards Nikolaev, and so Zelensky just fed up. He says we got to do something. Of course, Boris is in there egging him on. Boris has got about two weeks of his uh, his life left there, and so he was egging him on. But um, anyway, you know, one of the things that in context of you were talking about earlier here is is. Uh, uh, the whole plan was to take down Russia before the United States went at China. But it's not working out so good. I mean, the whole plan was to install a new government and start taking the benefit of all those resources, the precious metals, the oil and gas, and all that stuff, before the United States went after China. But these neocons and you know, the, the pedophile strategists in our government have no off switch. So the return on investment in Ukraine is not working out at all. In fact, it's going the opposite direction. We're getting our butts kicked there. But they got no off switch, so they just they just going after uh, China now. And it's the same thing. You you mentioned the parallels. Yeah, I mean, they're clear. They're clear. And China is, I mean, I don't know too much about China, but I do know that we've been lying about Russia for 30 years straight, if not longer, actually 80 years, for sure 30 years since the wall came down. And if we're lying about them and it's all false, it's all turns out none of it's true. They they turns out as McCain said, they were not 
a gas station masquerading as a country. It turns out they're a massive economy with mm-hmm. with self-sustaining resources that nobody in the entire world can match. So if we've been lying about them all these years. It's safe to bet we've been lying about China too. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think we're going to have a very good benefit going after China. But I mean, heck, if you if you really want to see what's what's going on in Ukraine, what this is really all about this this, this rabid anti-Russian hatred. If you just replace the word Jew for Russian, you'll see what this is really all about. And when Putin said that he has to go into Ukraine, the Russian government has to go into Ukraine and demilitarize and denazify, what he's saying is since World War II is that the denazification never fully uh, completed. And it's been sitting there festering. And now the U.S. goes in. It's basically put on American face, Mm -hmm. uh, this Nazism. And they went in there. And uh, we've stirred it all up, as we always do. We, you know, we create chaos everywhere in the whole entire world. And that's kind of what we've been doing there. But it's not working out so well. We're not getting a very proper return on the investment. Now, you know, I was reading some articles the other day that's talking about how incredibly vibrant the Russian economy is right now. And it's really uh, backfired on the United States and backfired on the West because everyone assumed that if we slapped all these sanctions on Russia, that their economy collapsed, and it's exactly the opposite. They are extremely vibrant right now. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. You're never going to find an empty shelf in Russia. I mean, I've been to Russia many, many times, and I've never seen an empty – I haven't been looking, to tell you the truth, but I've been to big supermarkets, the little corner supermarkets. I don't – I mean, they're always packed with food and you know, pastries and meats and stuff like that. I mean, I never find – and you're not going to see – even now, you're not going to see any empty shelves in Russia – and this economic sanctions war, I mean, so basically the, the, gen, the general rule was is that Russia needed the West more than the West needed Russia. Turns out that was completely the opposite. The West has gone apoplectic uh, in, their, in their hatred and their san- economic sanctions against Russia. Even now, the West is saying they're, they're you know, the, uh, what's it called, the Shoigun uh, 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 deal where Russians can go into the into the. European Union and then the uh, European Union members can go into Russia. That deal, the Europeans are scrapping right now. They're saying no Russians, period, in all of Europe. I mean, it's rapid anti, anti-Russian hatred is just, it's just epic, and it's really caused a lot of disturbance in Russia. They're absolutely shocked. They've now concluded that the West is completely uh, agreement incapable so after these uh, these energy contracts start winding down in the fall here, I'm pretty sure the Russians are not going to renew anything. I mean, anything. But their economy, now, now let's be clear, they, the sanctions have had an impact. I know a couple uh, in the city of Ejef, there has been a big factory shut down there. I don't know why precisely, but it's a pretty big factory. And Ejef is one of these uh, actual Russian towns. It's not one of these cosmopolitan towns like St. Petersburg or, or uh, Moscow. And they have, you have actually authentic Russians there and not a whole mix of Europeans and whoever there. And so, but there was a factory there that came down. I, I heard it was because of sanctions, but I don't really, I don't really know the story there. But essentially, it, the, the sanctions bounced off the Russian economy like, like, you know, a ball, a rubber ball. It didn't have really too bad of an effect. And the Russians since 2014 have really been working on self-sufficiency in their cheeses, in their dairy, you know, their cattle, 
you know, all the, the even the wine, you know. I mean, uh, of course, they don't need any help with vodka, hello. But, I mean, uh, so they've been really uh, self-sufficient. And Putin even egged the, egged the West on a couple of years ago, back in 19. He said, yeah, go ahead. I mean, go ahead, sanction us some more because it's really helping us out. And so, of course, we we did, and we threw everything we could at them, and it, and it didn't have really the not at all the effect that uh, we were uh, the United States was hoping. So, uh, they're fine. And the West, I mean, there's kind of there's a couple of inflection points coming up here. I mean, the West is about ready to have their Bear Stearns moment 2.0 again. Yeah. I mean, we're really hurting. I mean, the, uh, the Britons are collapsing. Germany is collapsing. I mean, they're shutting down because the energy costs are so high now because they themselves cut it off. They themselves did it. Russia didn't do it. They did it. And they purposely did. They willfully, they did it with glee and pomp and all this ceremony. And, but then quietly they're saying, well, okay, India, we'll go ahead and buy it from you. The same Russian gas, just we'll buy it from India. Of course, well, India is going to mark it up. And India is buying uh, Russian oil and gas like crazy right now, more than ever before. And, uh, you know, even though the, you know, the United States goes over there and says, India, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. And India is going, get out of here, beat it, beat it. You know, we're going to buy our, our fuel and we're going to sell it to the Europeans for quite a profit. I mean, everybody's doing that. Turkey's doing that. All these third-party players are coming in to, to grab the energy from Russia and sell it to Europe. So Europe somehow says, well, it's not Russian gas because it's, you know, it's, they got 51% of that tanker is a mix. It's not mm-hmm. totally Russian oil, so therefore it's not Russian, so we can buy it. And, and it's not saying, it's, you know, it doesn't uh, affect the sanctions. I mean, they're just crazy. They're just going crazy. Another inflection point, Dennis, if, you, if I got time, yes. that is, um, you know, the, all these um, high-tech equipment that we got in Ukraine, well, the Ukrainians aren't operating these things, like the HIMARS, all the intel and stuff. That's all being done by NATO, NATO personnel. Now, they're contractors, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may not be NATO, NATO, per se, but they're contractors nonetheless, because that's, you know, like the intel. That's, we're not going to let that. There's no, there's no um, how do you say, uh, agreements. There's no uh, um, um, Treaties with NATO or, or with Ukraine, no European country has any kind of treaty, any agreements with, with Ukraine at all. So they're not about to let all this precious intel fall into the hands of Ukrainians. And plus, they haven't had time uh, to train on these things. And so who's doing all this? Well, it's NATO. NATO's doing one that's targeting. NATO's doing one that's firing the HIMARS and driving the HIMARS around and hiding the HIMARS. So Russia knows this. Russia knows everybody that is doing this. They know the Aussies that are there. They know the New Zealand guys. They know the Germans. They know the Americans. They know the French. They know the Brits that are there. They know them by name. They know where they are. They're over in Kiev. They're over in Lebov. They're over, you know, in uh, uh, Kramatorsk. So, so the Russians are saying, guys, you know, you're, you're pushing our patience here. We're, you know, you guys are doing the ones that are targeting our troops. We're just not going to sit back and allow you to do this. So they're going to hit. It's very, it's very clear that Russians are telling the Americans and the NATO, you guys got to knock this off. You know, you guys are the ones doing this. If you want to declare war on us, go ahead. But, you know, of course, we don't. We're not. It's a proxy war. So we're not, doing, you know, we're just throwing our guys in there. They're doing all the intel, the ISR, the intel surveillance and reconnaissance. But, you know, the, the Russians could hit us at any moment and kill a whole bunch of Americans, a whole bunch of Brits, and just wipe out a whole training, mean, not a training center, but an intel gathering center, you know, something, some kind of, you know, thing over in uh, Kiev or wherever. 
And so there's an inflection point there. And once Russians do that, you know, it's fair game. They're saying, you guys, you guys are doing this. It's not Ukrainians. It's, it's you guys, the collective West, that are, that are providing all the intel, satellite intel and all this stuff. So that's an inflection point. Our, our economies, I mean, the West is in, is in deep doo-doo here, my friend, yes. because, uh, you know, the Bear Stearns moment is about on us here. I don't know when, but we, we're very good at hiding, 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 and hiding it. And kicking the can, but that can is so big, nobody can kick it anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, there, there could be some serious problems. And here we are, as you're, you've been mentioning, we're here. We're now we're golden China now. <laughs> we're golden China. Right. It's crazy. Yes. These guys right. have no off switch. Right, right. Let's do this, Paul. Let's do this. Let's take a break. But while we're on break, I want you to think about if you see any parallels between Ukraine and what's going on in Taiwan. Let's take our break. It's AM 1090 KTGO. We're talking to Paul about, you know, kind of an alternate uh, universe on what's going on with you, uh, with uh, Russia. We'll be back right after this quick message. Tremendous meeting last night in Osage, Iowa. Carl Fox is standing by to explain why I think it's a good thing. First, reminding you quickly about Lone Creek Kettle Company and the opportunity to be a part of the Brand of Beef program. Many Brand of Beef suppliers here in Mitchell County, Iowa. Full details about how you can be a part of the certified Piedmontese system at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. So we are here in Mitchell County. We have just concluded the Osage Co-op feed yard or feed lot annual gathering and you've shown up and shared some numbers i said this when i was speaking and it's not because i'm pandering to the crowd i believe that the iowa farmer feeder is the lifeblood of the future of the beef industry everybody thinks bigger is better these farmer feeders they got between 200 and and a thousand head they are important am i wrong i think you're very right i'd like to start with the front side of it my great-grandfather came to this county in something of 1875, swathed prairie grass. Very few roads, mostly dirt trails, but every two miles was a one-room school. Developers had built a school. They attracted a people to this area that paid more for their land because there was a schoolhouse on it. My grandfather swathed prairie grass his early his first years, for $2 a load, he'd bring the horse and team and a steel wagon to the stockyards in Osage. He bought an acre with each oh, wow. one of those loads, $2 an acre. Wow. That was great the first year. Then they grew wheat and some other small grains. Immediately they realized, since we're 12 miles from, from most towns, it was too far to haul. They decided they would begin walking cattle, and thus thus that's, that's why I'm a a fourth-generation Mitchell County cattle feeder, and my kids are fifth. When I began farming in the late 80s, it wasn't a case of finding more acres. We had to find ways to support our families on the acres we had. That's livestock. Um, I estimated that uh, we're something in the 60 to 70,000 head of fed cattle in eastern Mitchell County. When I graduated from high school in 86, Less than half of that, if not maybe only a third of that, in production numbers. We've done the growth. We haven't. We haven't subsided. Um, my father talked of the glory days when 
when he was in his 30s and 40s, and they had choices of three harvesting facilities within 50 miles. And he would tell me things like, you'll never see that again. It's changing. Things are going away. It's coming back. Now we have a harvest facility within within 25 miles of, of my house. We have another harvesting facility within 65 miles of our house. And we've got buyers just plugging up our roads. And it's it's, it's a great time. And, and I wish my grandfather and father could see that. My grandfather would actually ride the rails to Chicago with fat cattle. Mm-hmm. So in today's world, I talk a lot about the importance of things local. Carl Fox was once again ahead of me in that regard, because it's happening right in Mitchell County, Iowa. What a pleasure. Loose tails, be gentle, stay firm. You're listening to The Morning Lowdown with Dennis Lindahl on AM 1090 and FM 92.7. The Morning Lowdown continues now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're still we're still visiting with Paul. Paul, you were talking to us about uh, Russia and Ukraine. Do you see any parallels uh, with Ukraine and Taiwan? Yeah. Um, now, obviously, my focus is not so much on on that uh, sphere, but the parallels are kind of in our face, aren't they? I mean, we got bio labs over there, same as we have in Ukraine. Uh, I, interestingly, the Chinese in this Pelosi meeting uh, flying the other day, they they took it in the shorts there. They took it on the chin, so to speak. And while some may say that's a huge humiliation, big win for propaganda for the United States. And by the way, most of this is propaganda wars, media wars. I mean, in Ukraine, it's really a media war that they're fighting. It's, it's astonishing if you look at it. It's all about media headlines. I mean, anyway, so China is taking the approach that Russia did. So I have to diverge back to Russia, to the Ukraine thing. Yes. When, when the 2014 coup happened and kicked Yanukovych out, that McCain and Lindsey Graham and everybody was in there fostering, um, Crimea then was annexed by, voted to join, rejoin Russia. Okay. And then the Russian government said to the Donbass over there, the Donetsk and Lugansk, they said, don't do it. But they wanted their Crimea moment, so they went independent. Mm -hmm. And the reason the Russian government was saying don't do it, because they weren't militarily ready to take on the West yet. They were working on it, and they were close, but they weren't ready. And that's the same thing that Russia now is coaching China, and China is listening, has seen you know, trying to study and how Russia has done this. And so they're willing wholeheartedly to listen to the Russian, uh, you know, advice on this. And so even though Pelosi came in the other day, they took it on the chin. They took the humiliation because they're not ready yet, but they will be. And they're building up their forces and they, they will be just like Russia was ready. Um, so that's what I see. I see happening there. I mean, the parallels, I mean, even though the people are, you know, nan, 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 but I, it's, pretty obvious to me it's pretty obvious i mean xi himself in that phone call with biden the other day what was kind of a disaster he told he basically said you're lying to me biden he says you're telling me one thing but your government is clearly doing a completely different thing so what is it you know and biden you know biden's trying to assure him as he's reading the teleprompter right talking to xi so that's that's how I see it. I mean, it seems it seems obvious. I mean, what what's your thought? I mean, what what is what is not to see in parallel here with these two situations? No, exactly. It, what's not to see? It uh, you know, my concern is is this uh, now a one point one billion dollar influx? Uh, you know, in arms support, uh, they're talking about you know uh, 
uh, uh, surface-to-ship missiles, and they're talking about surface-to-air missiles. I mean, this 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 is shaping up to absolutely be. There's no way that anybody could say that this is not a proxy war. We are we are this is this is yeah. this type of support yeah. is going toe to toe with Russia. Well, the, the Americans think that, well, they are. They are quite a huge naval power. There's no question about it. But what the Chinese are doing is exactly what the Russians did. Instead of going toe-to-toe with aircraft carriers, the Russians developed anti-shipping hypersonic missiles that can take out the aircraft carrier. I mean, one of those missiles, just the, just the sheer kinetic velocity alone will break a ship right in half without the warhead. So the Chinese have been adopting, you know, the hypersonic ballistic anti-ship missiles that could take out the carriers. Now, there's no question America's, you know, the big cojones is to be able to uh, extend our force via the aircraft carrier and all the, all the ships, the, you know, support ships that go around it, including the, uh, you know, the Marines and everything. But you take out a couple of those, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if the Americans are ready for it. You know, I mean, it's been said that, you know, somebody said, well, what happens if Americans have to go up against the Russians? What's going to happen? Well, the guy, the general said, well, in the first week, it'll be 40,000 KIA in the first week alone, 40,000. You mean Russians? He goes, no, Americans, NATO. So you go toe to toe with the Chinese. Um, you know, it's like it's like the Americans are like now or never, I think, because if. If they allow the Chinese to continue on in their buildup, there's going to be a point where there's, there's, there's no way that the Americans can do it. And so, like in, in, in Europe right now, the question is, who's going to fall first, Ukrainians or the European economy? And so that could be said, too, for this Chinese, the American thing. I mean, who's going to fall first? I mean, you've been talking the last few days about the Chinese potential economic implosion well we got our own stuff over here i mean we're yeah. just a, we're a complete fake economy i mean everything here is fake fake the gdp is fake unemployment's fake i mean what is not fake i got a question right? for you i got a question I mean, for you and so, i'll give you 30 seconds to answer it i got a question i'll give you 30 seconds to answer it would um, would many americans be surprised to discover that we the united states of america are the bad guys we are, and I would say, you know why? Because it's the fruit of the tree. Who's the tree? It's the 60s crowd. It's the Clinton tree. It's been watered and watered with poison, and the fruit is now bearing, and we're tasting it, and it's very, very bitter. Ooh. It's the Clinton tree. The Clintons have never left. That tree from the 60s is bearing fruit, and we're all tasting it, and it doesn't taste so good. Do you think, I'll give you another 15 seconds. Do you think we can get out of this? Can America repent? Uh, no, I don't think there's enough people in the country. First, in order to do repentance, you have to understand what the hell you're doing. We have yes. no concept of what we're doing. We're in, we're in football season now. It's a great tune-out. We're, we're going to tune out of reality. Nobody knows what they're doing. No, repentance won't help us. Nobody, oh. nobody understands what we're repenting from. Very interesting, Paul. Paul, you're always a wealth of knowledge. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. You know what, Patriots? You know what? I mean, if you got it, try to repent. Try to repent. we got to turn away from our ways, folks. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.